Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Cornering the Market from Collector's Corner, your digital art, gen art focused review of what happened in the past week. All the stories, some great art, some great opportunities. We're excited. My name is P. You may know me online as Astem, rebranded, no cloud anymore. Uh, and I'm joined by my great friend and co-host, Jared. You may know online as Jared underscore pause, shown on screen here, his Twitter account. Also the founder of the 8NAP Fund, Digital Asset Fund. How are you doing, my friend? Living the dream, man. Uh, it's cool to see on screen, but I got my Yazid banner going on. Uh, feels good overall. Just been super productive. Got a couple of amazing announcements, hopefully coming soon. So I feel like a lot of the, the hard work starting to pay off, man. And I know you're in the same boat. Yes. Yes. I certainly feel that way. And uh, on that note, I will mention that we have a sub stack. We've been building this for folks who prefer to read the content, add more stories in here than we have during these conversations or on our tweet threads. Um, also, please subscribe to this. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. This is our Twitter handle at, oh, there we go, at collectors underscore XYZ. Really appreciate it. Here's my name, Jared's name. Give us a follow. It's really helpful. And uh, subscribe on YouTube as well. That helps us a ton. And additionally, I have launched a Collectors Corner premium service. Premium service is growing well. There's an intro here as to why you might want to invest in digital art now. We think it's a great time. And if you want somebody to manage your funds for you, reach out to Jared. That's what he does. That's what Aidnap Art does. So with all of that out of the way, let's jump into the episode. We're on a we're on a timeline, so we got to be succinct this time. We got to get done in the 30 minutes. So this one will be to the point. Vibe check, Jared. What's going on out there in the gen art, digital art world? I still think of it as uh, cautious optimism. You know, you'll see as we review a lot of the markets, you know, some money went in, but we're not seeing the the quantity of sales. You know, it was an exciting to see some of the releases mint out. You're starting to see stuff mint out. I feel like the momentum is shifting. I also feel like with ETH ripping, I think people are start, start now starting to think to themselves, do I hold my ETH and let that accrue, accrue value or do I invest it into an NFT? So Cautious optimism, but you know, for those who are persistent, there's still deals to be had, man. I'm loving it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to, I know we don't talk markets much. I agree with you. I think with the Sotheby's auction sale that happened, which we'll talk about soon, uh, and now Bitcoin really ripping up past 30,000 people. We're talking about 20,000, sub $20,000 Bitcoin. If you've been listening to me to harp and listening to me harp about this, I say, no, it's not going to happen. And uh, look, Bitcoin moves in cycles. You see two steps up, one step down as we get out of the bear market. And this, we just took a big step above 30,000. I continue to maintain when Bitcoin holds above 30,000, I think then we'll see ETH hold above 2,000. And then I think people will really accept that the bear market is over, over opening up some liquidity. As that happens, we'll see what happens with art. To your point, people might want to hold on to their Ethereum because they think that's going to be a better return than buying art. I wouldn't be surprised, but... That is the next phase. And then finally, I, I think we really see some liquidity shift back into art, which obviously you and I are excited about uh, and biased towards both our mindsets and our bags. But agree on the mindset. It, it, I feel like the vibe is a little bit like 
everyone's kind of taking a bit of a breather after the big auction and now this happening with the crypto macro stuff. So yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it in the the Genart recap, but I'm invigorated by the the larger buys. You know, like uh, you know, you can say whatever you let's, want to, but let's just do it. Let's get into it. Let's do it. on with the 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 Genart recap. So the the big buys uh, over the last seven days that was very invigorating to me is you saw an autoglyph sell right after the Sotheby's auction, right? Because it went the Sotheby's went for the equivalent of one ninety nine ETH. They the sale the floor was one seventy five. So that was really encouraging that like people who maybe you know wanted a glyph didn't want to pay the premium. Uh, I thought that was really cool. We'll talk about some of the squiggle sales later that are super exciting. Uh, there's two ringer sales, two floor ringers, two Fidenzas. But then, you know, I think there, there's a, you're seeing it on screen, like the, or the chronographs, like there was a, there was a good amount of chronograph uh, for, by Def Beef sales. So it's cool to see the stuff getting spread out across, um, you know, different, uh, different, different projects. And I don't know, man. It just feels like there there's a reaffirmation of good projects and the money is starting to flow in there. You're starting to see some of this separate. Absolutely. What about FX hash? What are you seeing there? Wow. Uh, it, it's almost a complete 180 departure from, from the, the sentiment last week where I said it was kind of paltry and a little bit uninvigorating. You, you saw then, you know, the highlights here is you saw just an, absolute influx uh into the garden monolith now granted a lot of them were in that 6000 to 12000 tez but i thought it was really uh i mean shameless plug for collector's corner premium you'd been calling it you know you've been saying pay attention pay attention put a bit in in this region and guess what happened they all hit so you know i, I thought it was encouraging to see buyers come in and and really sweep uh, across the bottom of the floor but i mean there's four or five sales there I thought there was an amazing, amazing September by Tyler Boswell sales yesterday. There's a rare dark background, which there's only 13 of them, and then a rare dyed background or dyed trait, but there's only three of them. I mean, yeah, the one that's on screen right there, number September 208. I mean, this is just, it's stunning, and the buyer paid up for it. And I think that, you know, it's, it's again, just reaffirmation. If you have liquidity, you have conviction in a project, you know, there's really, really amazing opportunities, but you know, 3,400 Tez for this piece. I mean, that equates to less than three grand for potentially one of the grails out of the series. So, uh, you know, that was really encouraging to see. And then, you know, just another highlight, there's a, a palette of, for the, the kinder garden, there was a, a CMYK that was picked up by Lamont. Uh, you know, just, again, there's people coming in, people are picking them up. And uh, they're starting to stack these really be. I mean, that's a beautiful piece. It really is. I, I got to say, though, I to me, the steel was one that I highlighted on Collector's Corner Premium. I mean, this yeah. one for 1500 Tez, like I love blue. There's not that many of these blueprints, only 12% of the collection, widescreen format as well, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know, say what you will, but 1500, that's not even ether. It's, it's like 0.75 ether for literally the top artist in FX hash. Anyways, we, we won't believe it the point. There are a lot of deals yeah. out there, people, tons of and deals I just, out there. It's really encouraging, you know, whereas I was kind of saying, oh, volume's low. There's a bunch of stuff in the three digit seven day volume. Now the top 15 are all in four digits. So it, it was, 
I, I I'm curious to see if this is sustainable. My gut goes to no because like nobody's gonna buy five garden monoliths a week, that sort of thing. But it's encouraging, and I think it's just validation of of good art and relatively great entry prices. And I think a floor, right? I think we found a floor. It's just sort of like a high volume capitulation that we were looking for. Uh, so I I'm encouraged to see that as well and seeing that turn around. Uh, you know, something that hasn't capitulated, kind of a, a bad segue, but squiggles. Squiggles are going hard. And I know you're going to do our analysis, but I want to say one thing that is subtle, but I've been paying attention to, the best offer is 10 Ether. Like, that's pretty high. If you think about it, the spread is quite low here between the floor and the best offer. Uh, and th that to me is quite encouraging in addition to the fact that the floor hasn't really dropped. But uh, but go ahead. What, what else are you seeing on squiggles, Jared? I mean, your your observation is very astute, right? Like the the spread is absolutely one of the smallest I've seen in Gen Art. People are really looking at this as a as a great long term bet. And then, especially with all the lending going on and NFT Fi and other platforms, you're starting to see there's an inherent floor that's being put in. Um, and so, where are we at? 261 ETH of seven day volume versus 200 or 160 last week. So definitely up. The floor crept up a little bit. It's up to 10.6 versus 10.49. So minimal, but still noticeable. What's interesting to me is that increased 100 ETH volume across seven days does not equate to increased sales. There's 14 last week, 14 this week. So why? Why would somebody ask? And the, the answer is there's some really big sales this week. So going back to that point or observation earlier about like bigger buyers coming in, you know, it's cool to have a lot of highlights this week. There's, you know, number 55 or number 10 was sold for 55 ETH. The first ribbed to Alexis Ohanian. Uh, that was a really cool one to a little sad day for me because I wanted it, but it was cool to see it go to a good home. Then there was one buyer came in and swept three bolds, you know, for the floor. And then there's a, a pipe sale at 35.89. So overall, uh, you know, there's the same quantity of sales, but bigger sales. Uh, and, and that's cool to me. And then the other part of it is not a lot of wrapped ETH bids being hit. So uh, you can see that spreads pretty low. It gives probably sellers at the floor a lot of optimism uh, about diving down unless they're in desperate need of liquidity. So I think that overall, this is a good barometer of, uh, you know, squiggles, in my opinion, have some staying power and, and people are voting with their ETH in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Squiggles are are hot. And, you know, we tend to see blue chips move first uh, to, to lead and move out. You've seen that with Bitcoin. We're seeing this with even within squiggles, some of the blue chips and um, really, really great point about no wrapped ETH bids or very few, I should say. That is that is big. Right. And it it lets buyers know, hey, I I'm probably going to, I mean, that's probably why these bids are creeping up, right? Um, I'm sure that that folds into it. Let's take a look at friendship bracelets. Uh, my liquidity index for the gen art world. Things are booming there too. We had 375 sales versus 250 last week or over the last seven day period, uh, we, which resulted in 79 ether in volume versus 40. And then the floor price, interestingly, hasn't really budged. 0.153 versus 0.152 and listings that we have to look at blur for these uh, 2241 listed versus 2289 so largely flat but it does seem like the floor is thinning out people are not really relisting this you talk we talked about this last week uh some of the the big folks who were trying to get out seems like they have probably gotten out and uh you know i'm really encouraged by this for a, a number of reasons but 
it just kind of shows that this is uh, there's still a lot of liquidity in the art world uh, and, and seemingly increasing. So I'm excited to see how this plays out, both as a holder of this collection, but also as a sign of things to come for the gen art market itself. Yeah, and, and not financial advice, obviously, but it just the I was talking to somebody about this earlier. The risk reward just seems a little bit asymmetric, right? Like the the floor has been put in at 0.1 ETH, a high of above 0.6. The the risk reward on that just seems like a a great long term position. Again, don't know when it's gonna happen. Don't know when it, it goes, but higher highs butting up against that 0.2 ETH, you know, resistance just to you know a little under, a little over 100 to break through or little less than 100 to break through that i don't know man it's just it's got all the signs of opportunity to me uh obviously full disclosure i've oriented my bags that way but it's just you know it's a it's you know the unofficial art blocks token man and i think people are rallying behind it absolutely absolutely and it's beautiful art which i will say matters a lot too um some more beautiful art let's let's do some release recaps so I will admit, I don't know a ton about this, but I thought this was really cool. So I wanted to bring it up. Uh, there was an exhibition by Fake Whale Cross. Uh, and uh, every single work here is uh, listed as a collaboration between Fake Whale and, and an artist. But uh, there was a range of really, really cool artists here. And we saw, first of all, a lot of fantastic art, but some of this uh, did really well. And I got to admit, Jared, I don't even really know what the mint price was for this. So if you do, we'd love to hear that. But um, yeah, we'd love to hear any highlights you have out of this uh, uh, this exhibition that came out. I don't know the mint price. I know that there were additions, so they went ridiculously quick. But you can see on screen over there to the right, Melissa W on that second row down had a, a series. Uh, I believe the mint price on these were 100. So there might be still some available if you're interested. But, you know, additions of five for 100 Tez, Melissa W, yeah, uh, exposure. I think that this is a really good opportunity. Uh, Yazid had some or one in, in the mix. So uh, familiar names. And it was honestly, you know, the Yazid one, I think, is up to a 650 Tez floor, even though uh, it minted out a lot less. So, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe some better PR next time to to get bring collectors in. But I saw it on the Twitter timeline and jumped in. Melissa posted it. But overall, I think it's uh, it's really cool uh, from an exposure of an artist and an opportunity. You know, again on some of these additions to get in at a super low price. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's great when they they do things like this where you create some kind of a network effect because you have all these different artists coming together. Oh, look, here's another one that Melissa did, by the way, Jared. So there, there's more than the 10. This one's an addition of five, and none of them are currently for sale. So um, really cool stuff. Agree, it it probably could have been promoted a little bit better as the, a lot of folks didn't know about them. And, and really, even the communities we were in didn't really find out about it until um, right at the end. But uh, obviously, it didn't matter when you have great art. So uh, good for them, great for everyone involved. Here's a cool one, too. Um, Ah, uh, yes, this artist actually recently found them. Uh, somebody in Collectors Corner Premium brought them up. They're really, really some cool pieces here. Anyways, we'll not belabor the point. We have more releases, excuse me, to recap. The next one is Dopamine Machines by Steve Pythony. I realize I've probably been pronouncing his name wrong the whole time in my mind. Latest art blocks curated, minted at 0.228, as you can see here. Floor is 0.25, 33% listed likely to continue to decrease in price given that a third of them are listed 
uh, but a cool project nonetheless, animated, really fun, uh, kind of like a funny uh, approach to things, uh, 90s style. Uh, yeah, what did you think of this, Jared? I liked it better than Fake It Till You Make It, and, and I think that that's kind of the analogous one that you could move to. I just think it's so much more crypto native with the you know the phrases that show up like you know fomo or it just it feels like it's uh it has a deeper resonance with the culture um i i full disclosure have not bought any i don't feel myself will be buying any but i could definitely see the attraction to it it was just cool to see a project mint out stevie p is obviously a, a really great artist in the space a great advocate you know, for, for everything going on. So overall, I just really, really enjoyed seeing this one mint out and the, the buys click off on the secondary. I, I think it's the animation and then the theme is just something that's really, really cool. I mean, even look at that one that's on screen number 718, cash cow, cash cow. It's just, it feels kind of, it feels fun and playful. Yeah, absolutely. And then that kind of nostalgic nod to the nineties for us old old guys who were around back then um and uh, obviously all generative which is really cool 777 of these pieces i i could see them becoming memes uh if if you're trying to invest in these that would be your bet uh, although i would probably wait until there are fewer listed to to go after it let's do some gen art news i wanted to lead by talking about a few different open l2 platforms actually about to send a tweet about this. Uh, I think this is pretty interesting. So uh, open platform, meaning anyone can release a project FX hash style uh, and L2, obviously meaning they're on the Ethereum L2. It'll be interesting to see how these play out, Jared. So one is called Alba Art. They have some projects already spoken to some friends from Alba Art uh, who are uh, actually, where is it? Yeah, Haver. Haver is a really awesome guy on the team also released this art. Um, there is also Concentric Art, which I don't believe they've actually launched yet. Uh, Concentric.art, I don't think there's any projects yet, uh, but this is an interesting one. Uh, also an L2 on Arbitrum and Prohibition from our friend Jordan, uh, which is launching soon. They have their site up, but no art yet. Either way, um, why is L2 art interesting? I, I'm really curious to see what happens with essentially competition for FX hash, right? I mean, FX hash, part of the reason why it was attractive is because it was cheaper for artists to release work on there. It costs artists a lot more uh, to put their works up onto the blockchain, prohibitive on Ethereum at times, uh, especially if you're just experimenting. But now with these L2s, you can do that. For collectors, everything's denominated in Ether. Yeah, you have to bridge, but you know, it seems like that's a little bit less of a barrier. Uh, you know, you don't have actually talked about this, Jared, and then uh, not to make this go too long, but I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on that. Like, what kind of impact could this have on FX hash? I'm curious to see how many people run to these uh, L2 platforms. I mean, obviously being, you know, bolstered by ETH in the background at a lower cost, I think will give a lot of confidence to to some. I just wonder with the amount of competition going on, how many people will go to it? Meaning, I think that there's got to be something that drives eyes to it because, you know, there's a from the flywheel analogy, FX hash already has a, a lot of stuff moving, but really curious to see if, uh, if, if that flywheel is able to catch momentum on some of these L2s. I think it's almost one of those that if there's too much competition, it could really hinder it versus focusing on one or two that will drive a lot of eyes to it. 
again, I could be completely wrong, um, but there's something very attractive about the security of the ETH. I'll call it the ETH platform, but uh, lower lower entry costs. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been a lot of discussions as of late about Tezos and should people be investing in art there or not. Uh, so I think it's it's timely. And what we might see is we, I'd be really curious to see if people are willing to put a lot of money behind L2 art. And, and my guess is the ability to transfer that art to L1 will be large, uh, excuse me, huge for large sums. Um, uh, yeah, let's and, move on. Uh, I'm sorry. Prohibition's backed by the art blocks engine, right? So like people are, you know, making their bets and, and play, making their beds, so to speak. So I think it, there, there's something to it. It's going to have legs. It's just, uh, you know, I'm curious to see how it rolls out. 100%. Uh, let's talk about the Sotheby's auction. It was going on during last week. It feels like forever ago. I have a tweet here, a uh, little bit of a, a shameless plug, but we, we don't have to go through this. I just noted some of the sales, but curious, Jared, what, what did you want to highlight? Uh, of course, the big one being the goose selling for 6.2 million to Punk 6529, but um, any thoughts on that and, and anything else, uh, takeaways you have from that event? Yeah, of course, crypto Twitter, uh, you know, reacted on both sides of the fence about 6529 versus tread art, you know, collector getting it, blah, blah, blah. But you know, I think the reality is, is like new all-time high in ETH terms for for the goose or for you know for for a ringer. You know, new all-time high in USD and ETH for for the actual goose. I think it's just I think it's overall pretty good for the space. You know, I I just think that while it's not the tipping point that maybe everybody was hoping for to pump their own bags, I do think it was. Uh, you know, it's in the hands of a, a great steward of the space. And I'm proud of the team for being so focused and being able to get that muse, right? Like, I mean, 6Y29 had, had wanted it even back before 3AC got it. So I, I think it's in a great home. I, I loved seeing all of um, the different tributes that came out, my favorite being Zancan. Um, but overall, I think that, uh, you know, it, it showed that a lot of the buyers ended up being crypto native or i'll call it digitally asset native funds and and collectors so uh you know obviously curated picked up a ton um but the reality is like everybody's prideful of it and it's it's just a bigger affirmation and behind each of those funds are are tens if not hundreds of collectors who and lps have put their money behind it so showing that level of interest and getting that sort of national spotlight i think was good um I, I did love the Fidenza sales. I thought the the CryptoPunks went pretty pretty well. It was awesome to see the the pump sell. And then um, the other highlight for me is the, the Autoglyph. I think the Autoglyph went above market rate. I mean, there, there's. I think what it's proving to me is that buyers are willing to come into the fold when there's great art available. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I will say the Spiral Fidenza was the, uh, I was really happy to see this one because I personally love them. And this sold for almost as much as that micro Fidenza. And there's a little bit of a narrative going around that, oh, spirals don't sell for as much. Yeah, de definitely not true. And uh, look, I in terms of people's expectations, I agree with you. I think people just had unrealistic expectations that like all of a sudden now everyone in trad art is going to flood in. It's like, come on. Two weeks or sorry, two months ago, people were wondering if Gen Art was ever coming back. We had these massive sales and people are still not happy. In my mind, that's bear market thinking. So it's like th this was massive progress. And there are some takes that are saying the same thing that I am. Uh, but certainly, I, I think this was a, a really great 
moment for the gen uh gen art world and also uh you know I'll link this to our show notes there are all these tributes to the goose that came out that are super cool i mean it, it really brought the community together in a lot of ways so i think it was a net positive both financially and from a sentiment standpoint despite uh some uh, curmudgeonly takes i would say <laughs> that were out there uh, but let's uh let, let's boogie jared uh let's do some great art great prices this one is we yours. brought this up before but you know i just want to give a shout out to to fellow grailer artoria who did just this like brilliant pairing uh about uh this project a tender counting by elisa orth and folio that tweet was like mind-blowingly good and i just think it's a it's a project that kind of got lost full disclosure i own some but there's a rare you know harvest palette that yellow palette sitting at the floor for 0.15 eth and then you got a pretty thick floor around the the point two. Again, I just think that it's a it's beautiful art, and at point two ETH, I mean, from a great artist, you you can't you can't complain. So, just wanted to highlight it and and take a look at it. You also brought up uh, Patrick Amadon. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. But um, thanks for pointing this out, Jared. He's got some beautiful glitch art. He's one of the top glitch artists that people don't know who he is so not generative art but he's got a couple editions that are within five hundred dollars yeah so there's a couple editions of 99 that are there but there's also you know for anybody who's willing to pay up a little bit there's amazing art there too the one that caught my eyes are these glitch roses um there's animals a wolf a lion you know again you can pick them up for for i think it's 250 380 tes. so great opportunities if you want exposure to to this artist and i mean again it caught my eye as beautiful glitch art it's not exactly representative of like a an x copy per se but definitely glitch and it's a variant on it that i think is absolutely stunning absolutely the market agrees the next one uh, i want to talk about is ephemera by mj lindau we've talked the last couple of weeks about rooted by mj lindau which is an fx params project uh, this one's sitting on 165 Tezos floor and MJ's got a really distinctive style. So if it vibes with you, check it out. I think you will like it. Let's hop over to some uh, exciting upcoming releases. The first one I want to talk about is Materia, excuse me, Materialized by Andreas Giesen and Sidi Vanetti. Uh, we're going to have an episode out where I interview Andreas about this. Uh, this is on Verse, it's their first solo exhibition. It's coming out on the 27th of June. So next Tuesday, check it out. They're going to have seven different artworks for sale. They all have awesome physicals. Um, really cool stuff. I'm not sure if all the details are ironed out about it, but I wanted to highlight this show coming up. Uh, next is an upcoming Art Blocks release uh, is World Flag by John Gerard. It's another Art Blocks and Pace collaboration. I believe it comes out on the 28th. And I think that, you know, I was on a Spaces with uh, John Gerard. Eric and um, the the folks over at Pace, and I think it's it's really it's such a well thought out. I'd encourage anybody to go listen to it if you're looking at uh, an investment. There's only you know 195 pieces. It's gonna be a Dutch auction starting at 11 ETH, so potentially high entry point. But this is the artist behind the Petro National. Again, I won't belabor the point in the interest of time, but there is a a tie to the same quantity because of the the UN, the tie to the UN, all the nations in the UN, everything's gonna have a geographic, it's based on their carbon emissions. Crazy, crazy thought out, metadata, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, you can see on screen the the at the rate at which the flag comes out is based on their carbon emissions. So the lower the 
the slower it goes, the lower the emissions. And then the background times to the, or corresponds to the time of day. So you, the one of them you pulled up was a nighttime. There's going to be other daytime. So you're going to have this like really brilliant uh, integration. I, I think it's something that's really, really intriguing. Um, and Wait, so Jared, again, does, I, do, do, it changes then. Like the background, if it's night in that country, it'll be dark. But if you look at it later, it'll be light. Is that right? Correct. That was my understanding from the spaces and that you're kind of seeing it on screen now, right? Like there's some that are a uh, dark background and it corresponds to night. There's others that are daytime and they're all in the, a desert setting uh, for, for I'll call it artistic purposes, but really, really uh, I, something that's, I mean, it's more intriguing to me than the Petro national and something I'm going to be tracking. Yeah, absolutely. And Petro national has done the best out of all those collections. Uh, yeah. So thanks for flagging this one. Uh, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> intended. Yeah, exactly. Uh, great artists, uh, artists we want to highlight. Your boy Yazid. We, we touched on it before, but it just you know I was DMing with Dirtis. Dirtis went on a buying spree, and it just kind of reminded me not necessarily of all the stuff that's currently out about Yazid and automatism and stuff we highlight, but really some of those older projects. You know, Dirtis paid up for a a, a twins, one of the complementary, uh, and then the irrational beauty is one that I think it often gets overlooked. But you know, there's all this like amazing art. For Yazid on Tezos, I just wanted to at least shine a light on some of those pieces and give everybody an opportunity. Again, full disclosure: huge Yazid collector, both from the fun and the my personal. So, it's just there's always a deep presence, and when I see somebody like Dirtis paying up to really curate his own uh, collection, just again, it's a reaffirmation that there's something beautiful, and, and especially in Yazid's and uh, in, in his approach. Yeah, absolutely. Huge fan of Yazid, and he's extremely popular, extremely thoughtful with his works. Does some cool stuff, like all these Twitter banners now that he's doing from automatism. You have one too. Just uh, really does a great job of engaging with the community, and I think that uh, you know he's top of class in that. In addition to having beautiful art, uh, the next artist to highlight mentioned Patrick Amadon. Uh, he's really great guy, LA based. Uh, actually, got to meet him at NFT NYC. Shout out to my friend Rosenbaum who introduced us and uh, he's got 143,000 followers on Twitter. There's no, there's a good reason for that. He's widely considered the second best glitch artist out there. I hate even saying second best, but nobody can really top X copy is the truth. Uh, and he's got his own different style of glitch art. So check him out, give him a follow, check out his link tree, top of his Twitter page, see what you like that he has and uh, give him a follow. You know, he's, he's a great guy as well. So a uh, fantastic artist. And uh, last thing, art to watch, Jared. I'll cue art you to watch. for this one. In the spirit of the the Pace Art Blocks collaboration, I've been looking at Cordy. Full disclosure, I own some for the fund. I'm looking at buying some more, but figured I'd just bring the opportunity to the uh, to the greater collectorship. Crazy thin floor. You know, there is a bunch of people who, in the I'll call it the depths of the bear, weathed a bunch of these, and so the the floor is full of people flipping. And then you transition. There's a big gap into I'll call it more. Uh, diamond-handed collectors, but looking at the charts, you know the five hundred dollar uh, is proven out to be uh, in an initial support and potentially a long-term support. There, I've always looked at, uh, you know, this project. Tara Donovan is an amazing artist, very well established within the the, the traditional gallery space. So, I'm just looking at five hundred dollars for an entry point. Seems like ridiculously uh, like a great long-term deal potentially right not financial advice but just looking at it going man this this seems like an asymmetric bet right now yeah i mean With look very two downside. of these sell 
Yeah, two of these cell, you're already at a point fortieth floor, three cell, you're the floor's doubled. So it's hard to look at that and say it's gonna be bad in that price range. Now, would I buy one at point nine? I don't know. Like that that's a bit tougher, but certainly at this lower price point, it, it makes a lot of sense. And so that is our show, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. Sorry for rushing a bit at the end, but we wanted to give you some good context at the beginning. Uh, but we will see you next week. And thanks again for supporting us. Give us a like, give us a follow, especially Jared, because he's awesome. And well, it'd be nice if you follow me too. But I'm blushing, dude. I'm blushing. Thank you so much. <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. Anyways, I'll stop rambling. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.